0: Good to have you join us, and I uh, just want to encourage you just share on your Facebook feeds. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube as well, we're also live on YouTube right now, and uh, everything seems to be working correctly there. And uh, hope you're doing well today. Hope you've had a blessed day. It's been a, a really quite an amazing day today as we are pressing in and uh, really just asking the Father for supernatural favour as we get ready over this next couple of weeks to get things in place so that we can help those suffering with domestic violence and uh, we are seeking to provide a shelter and a safe haven. There's been lots of conversations today uh, in consulting different people who've been ministering uh, with the brokenhearted in the land of Israel for many years and just gleaning information off of them we're also looking at how we put together the right team to uh, seek advice what what advice uh, are we seeking and and how to set things up, set our structure up in such a way in our ministry center that we can uh, keep our center as a place of peace so that when families and people, uh, come to the center uh, it'll be a safe place that they come to so we've been talking today uh, on the phones and in conversation on how we set up our rule system, how we set up our vetting system, our structure system um, so that's really been a, a big part of our day to today we've also started fasting today as we press in today asking the father just to uh, use our ministry that we will be in in tune with the Ruach HaKodesh, that we will walk in the steps of Yahovah, that we will see his promises come to pass as we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Hallelujah. So we've got Lola joining joining us as well. Welcome. Thanks for joining with us. And we're just going to press into the word. Um, If anyone has questions, we're going to open up for questions and answers uh, as well. If people have questions, if you want to write to us, I'll just make sure we've got the email up so that we know if there's any feeds coming in. Um, it's kenny at bulldozerfaith. Let me make sure I get that sent to you. Hold on one second. Let's get the email address. Um, I'll just type this in here. Uh, we've got Esther there in uh, Australia. Welcome. We've got uh, Isaiah. Welcome. Thanks for joining with us. Uh, Rye in Illinois. Welcome. Uh, we've got Russell in the UK. Welcome. Uh, isn't it great having all these Russells around, eh? Kenny at BulldozerFaith.com. Kenny at bulldozorfaith.com. That's the email there. Um, if you have got any questions, um, and we will also take them on the feed here as well on the message. So we're going to look at different areas where messages are coming in. Uh, also, i just like to uh, put a word out just now I've got an order that has come in on our website for the Jonah Quadrilogy, a four part series. We've had the order come through, but something's not working correct. We have the credit card last four information, but we do not have the name of who has processed the order. There seems to be a bug on our website. So if you're watching right now and you were trying to get hold of the Jonah Quadrilogy series, um, please message me. Um, because I don't know how to communicate with whoever made the order. I don't have an email address, and I don't have any other information. So if that's you that's ordered the Jonah Quadrilogy off Build Those of Faith website, please let me know, and uh, we will make sure that we can fulfill that order and uh, get that message to you. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise Yehovah, what a blessing. Father, we worship you. I thank you, Father, that we can come into your presence, that we can press in to know you. Father, we want to know you, and we also want to make you known. We pray, Father, that our lives will be an example of what it truly means to spread the fragrance and knowledge of Yeshua. We want to be faithful in our walk with you, faithful in how we press in to know you, Father, so that we can make you known. And we just want your kingdom uh, to be seen in this day. We say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. So, Father, we lift up your name. We glorify your name because we know that without you, we can do nothing. And the things we do without you are not things that matter from an eternal perspective. So we want to fine-tune our lives at this time to be effective for your kingdom. So we just commit this time to you. We thank you, Father, that you are bringing people together from uh, different parts of the world that we can share together and have fellowship today. And we just ask that you edify us and build us in the holy faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we've got Dee coming in as well. Good to see you. Uh, we've got Ursula uh, from North Wales, welcome, good to have you with us as well. It's good to see more people joining in. Just want to encourage you, just uh, share uh, the feed uh, on your social media and uh, let's just press in. You know, we want to make his name known. What does it take to uh, be disciples of Yehovah? It's an interesting topic when we look at discipleship and we look at making his name known. Uh, I'm going to look over this way from time to time as we go through this because I'm looking uh, at the different feeds. I'm trying to set things up here so that we can have a split screen so that I can keep up to date because you know what we want to see today is we just want to have some good interaction together and how we flow together. So that's our goal today. So. Let's make sure I've got my pages set up the way they need to be. Hallelujah. So please pray for baby Isaiah uh, with fatigue and shortness of breath. Okay. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Uh, We've got uh, Shelby join. Welcome. Good to have you with us. Hallelujah. Yeah, Father, we just want to stand in the gap uh, for this baby that's dealing with fatigue and shortness of breath. We just want to stand and say, Father, by his stripes we are healed. And we speak over this uh, this baby right now in this shortness of breath. We say be supernaturally healed right now. We ask for a hedge of protection. We stand in the gap on behalf of the, the health of this child in Yeshua's name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I've got Glenn saying things keep buffing. Um, We've had a few issues with our broadband, so we just pray protection over our broadband feeds here today. Um, You know, we might be in a first world country, so-called, but let me tell you something, dealing with technology in Israel is something else, you know. It's uh it's challenging. It's something we've gone through for the last eight years just trying to get good feeds and we also have multiple platforms set up just to make sure that if a platform fails we can get onto another platform in the same building to keep the feeds going. Uh so here in Casaria it's not the best. Got William there. Welcome, how's it going? Good to see you. Thanks for joining with us. Yeah, thank you, Father. So we want to make his name known. We were talking just a second ago about discipleship, calling upon the name of Yehovah, the importance. What does it mean to call on his name? This is one of the key things on how we see the blessings of Yehovah move within our lives, is that we know how to call upon his name. We call upon his name in the areas of trouble. When we're going through difficult times, we call on his name. We also call on his name on behalf of others. And that's what is important about what true intercession is all about. What do we do in the place of intercession? We are standing in the gap on behalf of another who is not asking for prayer. They're not saying, I want prayer. We are interceding on behalf of another who's not inquiring of God. And that's uh, something quite interesting that I want us to get hold of in the area of intercession. How do we move into intercession? How do we move into intercessory prayer? How do we move into uh, declaration from the basis of intercession these are our key things first what we want to do is hear from the father what is the father saying to us so what's, what's the Father calling you to pray about? Have you ever woke up in the middle of the night and you just know that the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit said, I'm calling you to pray. Get up right now. You know, get out of bed, get on your knees, get in that place of prayer. How many times have we been challenged in the Spirit to pray for another to such a level that we see the transforming power of Yeshua manifesting in situations because of our obedience to pray. You know, prayer is so important. If you look at the our Hebridean revival, you've got a couple of old ladies in their eighties, you know, one's blind and you'd think, you know, who are these women? Uh, you know, and what are they doing? They're they're going up to the the pastor in the only church in on the island of Lewis, and they're like, you know, we just want to check out what you believe. We want to check out: uh, is God really called you here? How are we going to pray for you? You know, do you have a heart for evangelism? Because that's what we're interceding and praying for on behalf of uh, um, the the Outer Hebride Islands in Scotland. This is what we are. All about is this your heart? Is your heart in line with how we are interceding? And there's something important about intercession and pressing an in intercession, but also when we look at intercession and the prophetic, we, we touched on this a little bit yesterday. When we move in intercession and prophecy, it doesn't mean we move into manipulation and controlling spirits or witchcraft. Uh now. One thing I've noticed and had to minister into many areas is how people have moved into witchcraft because of how they use intercession. So we don't use intercessors to identify uh, everything what the Father is saying. When a word comes forth, we have to take the word and we've got to verify it with the word. You have to test the word. So if an intercessor has a word, we have to test it. And, you know, what's happened in many places is intercession, uh, people moving in the gift of intercession have got to the place where they've started to lord over others with that spirit of intercession. Yesterday, we talked about heavy shepherding, the heavy shepherding movement, and how leaders were making decisions on behalf of others, you know, by using prophecy or this is the position that God has placed me as your shepherd, as your oversight. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make a decision and this is what the decision is and you have to obey it. These systems are not true. And we do see these things within the the Hebrew Roots movement. You know, when you see these little tight communities and how they're functioning and how they're operating. And I just want to make sure that we are clear on these points and how the gifts of the Spirit move so that you will not be caught in a place, uh, you know, where you have that false spirit, effectively a spirit of witchcraft bringing control. And why am I saying all this? I'm saying all this because we're dealing with what right now we are pressing in to deal with domestic violence and assisting people in trouble in domestic violence, people who are uh, being manipulated and controlled against their will. And as we're dealing with that spirit, I also want us to identify as we pray and walk in the supernatural that there is, there is abuse going on even within the body of Messiah. Uh, since we've been sharing about how we're reaching out in domestic violence here in Israel, I've got many people writing to me. They're sharing their story of the abuse that they've gone through, how they have had to get away from uh, um, husbands that have been uh, aggressive, uh, you know, uh, abusive towards them, some violently, some they've, they've used different tactics to literally destroy the life of their wives or their children, and uh, it's been traumatic. It's been something else. And we're hearing all different types of stories. And we're also hearing about people who have been abused by people who are meant to be in spiritual authority uh, in leadership, where they have used uh, that spirit to bring witchcraft and damage to others. So we just want to say, be aware of how the enemy operates anytime you make a decision you make a decision because of what God says and I've shared this time and time again and the message is this the greatest word you will you will ever receive is not the word from a man so we don't run after the prophets we don't run after spiritual leaders to speak into our lives we run after the heart of Jehovah we want to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It is his name that we call upon. We call upon the name of Yahovah. We don't call upon the name of man. Yes, we can we can have counsel in the abundance of counsel. What is there? Safety, yes, but that counsel should not be manipulation. You know, I shared yesterday about a situation where someone came up and said, I have a word, and this is a very strong word, and I'm not going to mention any names or anything, but this is a typical situation of immaturity of the gifts operating. When someone comes along and says, you know, I'm so moved with this word, this is the word of God, but it goes against everything that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you the more they put pressure on the delivery of what that word is and what that word says, you know, and the more peace you lose, you know, that is moving into a spirit of witchcraft. And if you've ever been in that situation, it it comes from two areas. It's not necessarily saying that anyone moving with that is operating the spirit of witchcraft, because there's two things that cause that. Number one, immaturity on walking in the gifts of the Spirit where they think this is what God is saying and this is how they want to deliver this word. And it's just immaturity. But the devil is using witchcraft. So it doesn't matter if you're immature in this or not. The bottom line is you're dealing with a spirit of witchcraft. I was speaking to one sister in Florida just the other day who was sharing with me her story and dealing with domestic violence and what she went through in her own family home many years ago. And then she also talked about how she worked with those suffering domestic violence and basically as a paralegal for a law firm dealing with uh, the legalities of helping uh, women in abusive situations and their children escaping. And, uh, you know, she talked about recognizing that spirit of witchcraft and uh, what I've really felt as we are moving into this, firstly, what we do is we raise the, we, we, we lay the foundation of prayer. You receive the word from Yehovah. You confirm it with the scriptures. You press in, you pray over it. You know, we, we don't have to just run off uh, and, and be taken away by any wind of doctrine or, or any need that's out there. But we want to hear the word of Yehovah. When he speaks, we want to move with that word. We want to sometimes we have to move fast, other times we can sit on the word, we can press in, receive the instruction, lay the foundation of what the father says so that we can move effectively in the kingdom. And one of the things the father's showing me that as we move out to help these uh, these people in domestic abuse situations we've really got to press in against the spirit of witchcraft and come against the spirit of witchcraft. And that's what uh, I'm fasting for right now, is just to break these spirits in the place of intercession. So what do we say intercession was? Intercession is standing in the gap on behalf of another who doesn't necessarily want prayer. You know, if you've got people in your family that are not saved then you can intercede on behalf of their salvation. You know, they're not saying, oh, you know, I'm not saved. Will you pray for me? No, but we will intercede on behalf of those who are lost. We will intercede on behalf of the broken hearted. We'll intercede on behalf of the rebellious child. We'll intercede in the area of domestic abuse for the father to bring the breakthrough. So right now I'm moving into that season and I'm inviting you to join. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying... You have to fast. If you feel called to fast over the things we're doing, that's great. You know, but also we're we're, we're doing our devotion. We're coming together uh, in our devotion to spend time together for what purpose that we are being trained in what it means to walk in the spirit, being trained on how we apply our faith life, how we live by the spirit. And, um, the, the key of doing these devotions is to give people an insight to what does my day look like? What does my uh, um, uh, devotion in the presence of Yahweh look like? And that's why we see signs, wonders, and miracles in supernatural transformation because we set ourselves in the spirit realm in line with what the Holy Spirit is saying and we see victory and we see testimonies and my encouragement is that we see the body of Messiah rise up and make a difference for Yehovah that we will make a difference for his kingdom for such a time as this hallelujah I just want to read a few scriptures I know we've got some more people that are joining us we've got Barbara joining us from Philadelphia welcome Good to see you. We've got Deborah from Texas. Welcome, Deborah. Hope you're doing well today. Um, we've got BP Sam 88 in Ohio, USA. Welcome. Uh, we've got Tony uh, also on uh, YouTube. Uh, we've got a few people on YouTube. We've got Melinda on YouTube. Welcome. Hallelujah. We've got Tony, Fort Worth, Texas. Hallelujah. We have got Sonomon Joe. I don't know if it's Joe Sonomon or Sonomon Joe. Uh, from Oregon. Welcome. Um, It's good to have you here. Uh, We've got Vicky from Texas joining us. Hallelujah. Um, Cassandra. I don't know where you are, Cassandra. Where are you? Maybe you've told us watching on YouTube. Welcome. All right. Okay. So I think, you know, we've got Margaret Owen. Hi. Welcome. Good to have you join us. So we're starting to see people come in. What are we talking about tonight? Calling upon the name of Yehovah. There's nothing more powerful than recognizing that the things we do, you know, what we do in the spirit is what counts. We want to be effective that our lives are making a difference for the kingdom. So we want to fan into flame the gifts the Father's given us. We want to be equipped. We want to stand together in the prayer of agreement to see uh, uh, his kingdom advance. You know, we are called to take the kingdom by force. We're called to proclaim spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. That we're not fighting against the principalities of this world. So what are we looking to do? We're looking to get our hearts in line with the Spirit. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 6, but the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Messiah down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Messiah up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. We want to be those who are testifying about the Messiah and what he has done. The word is near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. Father, we want to have an experience in our life where your word goes from our head to our heart. And, you know, that's why I encourage you to be people who meditate on the word. I'm coming into the middle of this portion of scripture here because what I really want us to do is get to this next verse here but what does it say? The word is near you, it's in your mouth, it's in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth that Yeshua is Lord and believe in your heart that Elohim raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So it's not like a Calvinistic approach to salvation. What are we looking like in the in the area of salvation? We are being saved. We're talking about... The, the conception of being born again. We are a, a new creation. Behold, all is gone. All things are new. But we are we are growing in salvation. It's not just one act. Listen, if we have given our life to Messiah, if we're confessing him with our mouth, if we're believing in our heart that Elohim raised him from the dead, if something happens to us, you know, if you drop dead or whatever, we are saved. We have the guaranteed seal we see in the book of Ephesians, that we have salvation. But we are being saved. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And as the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. So when we stand, and this is a word that we see from the prophets um, when the prophets are prophesying, I think it's in Jeremiah, it talks about when you speak forth my word, you will not be put to shame. Why? Because everyone's going to come against that word, but you have confidence to proclaim his word. Call upon the name of Jehovah and we will see salvation, but also when we call upon his name, we will see his kingdom manifest in the areas that we are calling his name. You will not be put to shame. Hallelujah. Why? Because his word will not come back void. It will accomplish that for which it has been sent. You will not be put to shame. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Elohim, the same Lord, is Lord of all. There's only one gospel. There's not two gospels. There's not the gospel for the Jew and the gospel for those of the nations. There's one gospel. And, you know, look, in the land of Israel, this is something that uh, I don't know why people are confused about this, who believe in the Messiah, who read the Scripture. But when you listen to what a lot of people say in the land concerning the Jewish people, you would think there was two gospels. There's only one gospel. There's only one gospel. You have to receive the Messiah. There's only one name in which you can be saved. And that's in Yeshua the Messiah. This this is confirmed in the Torah by uh, uh, Moshe, Moses. He said, there is one coming like me, and you must listen to him. And in Acts chapter 3, in the testimony and the story of Peter, what's the message that comes forth? The message that comes forth is that... Uh, you know, you've got to listen to Moses. In fact, we're going to read that passage in a second because I want us to refresh ourselves with what that word says. Okay. Everyone who calls on the name of Jehovah will be saved. That's what we see in verse 13 of Romans chapter 10. And even in this corona virus, this is an important time for us to press in and call upon the name of the Lord to bring forth salvation and deliverance for those are suffering with the coronavirus father we want to just take time right now and we pray for all the people who are in critical Uh, conditions right now with the coronavirus. We thank you for our health workers. We thank you, Father, for those who are on the front line who are ministering life-saving techniques to bring them to uh, um, deliverance. But we know that more than anything, Yehovah, it's your hand We talked the other week about it's time for the prophets to stand up and say enough is enough over the coronavirus. Let's get the economies back in Yeshua's name. We stand in the gap. The very reason that the body of Messiah is on earth is to push back evil. So instead of all getting panicked, thinking, This is the end of the end. How are we going to get through this? No, we've got to get to the place where we proclaim his word. We see this as an, an attack. This is an expected attack. We are expecting this to happen. So I don't want to spend my time getting caught up on all nonsense i want to see what lines up with scripture and as we do some questions and answers maybe some of you'll have some questions about understanding the days in which we are living because let's not get confused this is not the end of the end because there's so many prophecies that have to come to pass so we've got to align ourselves with what the word says you know and you know let's deal with those scriptures together Let's weigh them up together because if you are, if you're of the viewpoint from a messianic perspective or a Christian perspective, I've been trained in this way for 30 years. We worked with the, uh, we worked with uh, bringing the Jews out of Russian Russia and Ukraine back in the early 90s, and what were we told? This is the greater exodus. We're getting the Jewish people home. And when that happens, the Messiah is going to come. He is right on the edge of coming because the Jewish people are coming back to the land. Well, here's the problem I have with that. It doesn't say in the Torah, I've got toothpaste stuck in me or something. Uh, It doesn't say in the Torah that the Jews are coming home. It says the whole house of Israel are coming home. Well, brother, you know, (coughs) Because the Jews are coming home, you know, don't you know that when the northern kingdom left, some of them went and joined Judah. So Judah represents the whole house of Israel. That is not true. Because when the Messiah came, Yeshua came. This was after the northern kingdom were uh, dispersed in the nations. When Messiah came, he went to the Galilee. He didn't go to First Street in Jerusalem. He went to the Galilee. Why did he go to the Galilee? You know? He went to the Galilee because he says, I have come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So who are these sheep that he is looking for? You know, and he was fulfilling prophecy. There's something that happened that we need to understand. It says in uh, Isaiah chapter 9, also 2 Kings chapter 15. But it says here in Matthew chapter 4. When Yeshua heard that Yohanan had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. He went and lived in Capernaum, Capernaum, uh, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. And it says this, To fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, This is Isaiah 9. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, the Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. And from that time on, what did Yeshua preach? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. What is it about the gospel of the kingdom? It's about the establishment of the gospel of the kingdom to bring deliverance to all mankind. This is the Father's plan. This is the good news of the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom is the plan for deliverance from the fall of man from the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. It's amazing. Second Kings chapter 15, verse 29. You can turn there and read that, and what you'll see in that portion of Scripture, that's the area where the northern kingdom was expelled from the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. The Assyrians uh, deported the northern kingdom from the land of the Galilee, from the area of the Galilee. And what did Yeshua do? He came to the place where they were dispersed, and he says, I've come to bring what? Restoration to my kingdom. One new man, the two becoming one. It is not Jews and Gentiles coming together. That is not what it's talking about. It's all about the marriage. The marriage is the key to deliverance. Adam and Eve gave up their rights over the dominion of the earth to Hasatan. Second uh, Kings, it's not uh, chapter 10, verse 15. Uh, Let me just give you, it's chapter 15, I think, there, just so we've got that right. Let me just give you two seconds there. I see we've got Russell uh, posting the scripture there. Uh, It's 2 Kings Kings chapter 15, verse 29. Um, Okay, unless you're just quoting 2 Kings 10, 15, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Anyway, hallelujah. So, what are we talking about? We're talking about the fall of man. Adam and Eve give up their rights because of partaking of the tree of knowledge of the good and evil. They disobeyed Yehovah. They could no longer approach the tree of life. They were walking in the garden with Yudhev Aveh. They were walking in the garden with who? Yeshua. It's all right, Russell. No problem. Just put the right scripture in there. <laughs> I don't want to type right now. So, they were walking in the garden with Yeshua. And uh, they were in fellowship with him. They weren't married to Yehovah or Yeshua. They weren't married. But they were in communion. They had the highest position that they could have, higher than an angel. And then when the fall of man comes, they're kicked out of the garden. They've given up their rights. Now they're walking in the curse. They, they have what? The assignment of death. Death is over them. Why? You will surely die. You eat of this tree, you will surely die. And we need Yeshua to come and bring forth deliverance from death. Okay? So that is what Yeshua conquers when he pays the price on the tree. But also what we see is we see that when the promise comes to Abraham, what does the Father say to Abram? I'm bringing you out of your people and I'm going to make you into a great nation. All the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. The deliverance and the plan I'm going to do in your life is not just about you or your descendants. This is my rescue plan for the entire world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. So the marriage of what takes place at Mount Sinai, and just so we get things right, you know, When we're talking about the Torah, the commandments, and some people think, well, you know, that was just nailed uh, to the tree. um, And that's what we see uh, where it's misunderstood from Romans chapter 10 at the beginning. Uh, You know, but he is not the end of the law. He is... Uh, He is the fullness of the law. And that's where it goes to in that verse, in verse 4 of Romans chapter 10. It's not the work of Yeshua ended the law. Why? Because the commandments were the ketubah. It was the condition of marriage. And Yeshua said, "I've, I've come to do my father's will. I haven't come to do my will Uh, my own will, and I didn't come to come against my Father or to bring in something different. I've come to bring restoration. So the whole reason we see in the book of Revelation about the bride of Messiah, let the bride say come, let the bride say come, let the bride of the Lamb say come, Yeshua HaMashiach come. Why? Why is the bride, why do we see this story of the bride and the importance of the marriage? Why did Yeshua die? He had to die Romans chapter 7 so he could remarry Israel. But I'm I'm saying this to get our alignment on how we treat the Jewish people today in the land of Israel. Those who are of the bloodline who are Jewish, those who are part of Israel bloodline. Um you know, they are not God's chosen people unless They accept the Messiah. If they reject the Messiah, then their circumcision and their bloodline counts for nothing unless they accept the Messiah. So who is the house of Israel? The house of Israel are all those who do what? Call on the name of Yahovah, who believe on his name and walk in his ways. That is the house of Israel. That is who Israel is. One new man is uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, the two becoming one. Everything we read in Matthew to Revelation, you have to find the confirmation from the Tanakh, of what some call the Old Testament. If you can't go back to the Tanakh and find the confirmation of what it's about, you've got to ask the question, what is it saying here? Because Matthew to Revelation are the Mercianic writings. These are explaining the Tanakh. They are opening up what the Tanakh and the Torah is talking about. So we can always go back and find its point of reference to what the message is. And that's very important that we do this. So we want to confess with our mouth that Yeshua, the Messiah, is Lord. We believe in our hearts that Elohim raised Him from the death and we are saved. We are born again of the Spirit, and we become the Bride of Messiah. Let me tell you something. At Mount Sinai, you didn't have this small little group, this elite group that became the Bride. It was the whole house of Israel became the Bride. It was all those who came under what? The blood covenant. At Mount Sinai, they had to have three days of purification, and they came before... Uh, Yehovah at the at the mountain. And Jehovah spoke the commandments over the people. This is Exodus chapter 20. He spoke the commandments, the Ten Commandments over the people. And then what happened is the heifer was sacrificed and the blood, the hyssop was dipped in the blood and they all came under in their white garments. They came under the sprinkling of the blood of the marriage covenant and they were married to who? We have the 70 elders meet with Yeshua at the head of the table, and it's the wedding supper that takes place. And the Messiah was in the presence of the 70 elders. Moshe, Moses, met face to face with Yeshua. He was known as one who met face to face. But then he comes to that scripture where it says, show me your glory, and he's not speaking to the Mashiach, He's speaking to the Father. Because of what? This is what Yeshua says in John chapter 14. If you know me, you know the Father. For I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And what's he talking about? When you're walking in relationship with me, and then he goes on in chapter 16 to say what? You know, there's coming a day where you won't just ask in my name, but you will go to the Father directly. Why? Because of your relationship with because of how you walk with me you will ask the father directly so here's moshe showing the example in the manifestation of the kingdom at mount sinai in the marriage that took place with israel and the commandments are given we're seeing moshe talking directly to the father show me your glory and he says oh you can't see my face and live i'll just sort of show you the back of me but this is the one who met face to face with utevafe who was he meeting face to face with It was Yeshua. Hallelujah. I hope you're blessed and encouraged with what we're sharing here tonight. Um, In Acts chapter 3, I just want to read a little bit of the message that was spoken, you know, so that we have biblical order on how we proclaim his name, how we call on his name. And I want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through, let's call on the name of Let's call on his name together. We don't always have all the answers. We don't always know, you know, the end from the beginning. But do we know how to move when the Father is saying move? So here's the message that is getting delivered by Peter. And it's uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 11. While the beggar held on to Peter and John... uh, Sorry, this is... Yeah. Uh, While the beggar held on to Peter and John... Uh, the, all the people were astonished and came running to them to the place called Sol- Solomon's um, colon, Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to the men of Israel, why do you why are you surprised? Uh, why does this surprise you? This is about the, uh, the man being healed at the gate. Beautiful. Hallelujah. Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power our godliness, we made this man walk. Verse 13, Yehovah, or, or the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Elohim of our fathers, has glorified his servant Yeshua. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate. Now, he's speaking to people who directly handed him over. This is the people that they are talking to. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate. Though he had uh, decided to let him go, you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the offer of life, but Elohim raised him from the dead. We proclaim the resurrection of Messiah. Messiah. And that's what we stand upon. That's why we see the victory of Yeshua in our lives, because he is risen. This is not dead religion. This is he is risen. Verse 15, you killed the offer of life, but Elohim raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. So here we have two groups, one group. We know that you were the people who handed him over. You were the ones who disowned him. And guess what? We are of another group, right? We are... uh, we are witnesses to the resurrection. Yeshua appeared himself to many people. We're witnesses. And there's no one there saying, oh, you know, that's not true. That's conspiracy. I don't believe that message. This is documented. They were witnesses to the fact of the resurrection from the dead. Hallelujah. And isn't it amazing how Yeshua raises Lazarus from the dead as well? And all the testimony of um all the people who knew about Lazarus being raised from the dead. Lazarus, come forth! And he came out. You know, it wasn't, you know, he didn't lay his hands, he didn't like drag him out. He spoke the word and he came forth. And we want to call upon the name of Jehovah. His name is powerful. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give. To you, in the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, walk. That is Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give unto you. In the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He is the Messiah, and his name will bring forth healing and victory today. Hallelujah. So we are here in verse 16. By faith in the name of Yeshua, this man whom you see... And no was made strong. It is Yeshua's name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Hallelujah. And what we proclaim right now is we ask for the testimonies of Yehovah to rise up right now within our lives. Father, that we will be those who seek forth the spiritual gifts signs and wonders and miracles to operate through our lives, to bring transformation. So those people who doubt, those people who are working against the faith, will see local examples of the miraculous outpouring of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Verse 17, Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders, You didn't work it out. You were blinded. You couldn't see it. So we're not cursing you. We're not coming against you. But what we are going to do is bring forth the message of truth, that the truth will set you free. But this is how, verse 18, this is how Elohim fulfilled what what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that Yeshua, the Messiah, would suffer. Repent then. And turn to Elohim so that your sins may be wiped out. Hallelujah. Repent and turn to Elohim so that your sins may be wiped out. So this is a word that was spoken through the prophets. So we read in Scripture, there's no there's no verse or no prophecy in Scripture that says the law is done away with. There's no prophecy. You, you can't find a prophecy that says the law is done away with. In fact, all you find is incredible prophecies that uphold the importance of the instructions of Yehovah and his commandments. Oh, brother, you know, oh, we don't keep the Sabbath anymore because of the resurrection. Well, let's wait a second. What do, what do you think about do not steal or do not commit murder? Are you okay with those commandments? You know, but you don't want to take the fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath and keep that day holy. You can't just go changing the Sabbath day just to line up with your doctrine. Oh, it's resurrection day. Well, that's not the foundation. If you go back and look at Constantinian Christianity, that's why we must be very clear in our faith. Number one, we are not called to be Catholics. So I'm not going to align myself with Catholic doctrine. You know, Are Catholics, can Catholics be believers? Yes, but we have to renounce those things. You know, there's things that we have had to renounce as we're coming out of that Catholic lifestyle. Have we received Yeshua and accepted him as our Lord and Savior? Yes. I'm not saying that you can't be saved in that environment, but we cannot endorse Catholic belief systems. We can't associate with the Catholic Church. Why? The Catholic Church model is uh, an abomination to God. It's an abomination to, to the Scripture. Why? Because they made laws to stop you keeping the Sabbath. They made laws to stop you walking in the feasts. And what they want you to do is follow Easter and, and Christmas and, and Sun Worship Day on Sunday. They don't want you walking in the ways of Yehovah. But what it says in 18, but this is how Elohim fulfilled what had been foretold through all the prophets saying that the Messiah would suffer. And where do we find that? We find that in Isaiah chapter uh, 53, we talk about the suffering of Yeshua. Hallelujah. The Messiah will suffer. Uh, Repent then and turn to Elohim so that your sins may be wiped out. We need the forgiveness of sins. And, you know, today when you talk to Jewish people about forgiveness of sins. Do you need forgiveness of sins? Well, it's all about the good works you do. You know, if we do tefillin, you know, wrapping it around our our arms, putting it on our head, getting the prayer shawls on and, and, and proclaiming the word and going through all the ritual of tefillin. Rabbinical Judaism says that is a method of taking away your sin. Well, we know that's not true according to Scripture. We have to repent of our sins before the Messiah. Repent. And then we see, by receiving Yeshua, we see that our sins will be wiped out because Yeshua is the atoning sacrifice. He has shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Right, so repent uh, and turn to Elohim, verse 19, so that your sins may be wiped out. That time of refreshing may come from Yahovah. We release the time of refreshing to come over our lives, even in the midst of this coronavirus. Hallelujah. And that they, uh, verse 20, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Yeshua. Verse 21, He must remain in heaven until the time comes for Elohim to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Again, what we're seeing is, Prophetic confirmation, prophetic confirmation. The prophet spoke this word. What does the scripture say? I do nothing without revealing it to my prophets. So the law is not done away with because he never revealed that to his prophets. He spoke and prophesied on the contrary. Hallelujah. Verse 21, he must remain in heaven. Yeah, we said that. Okay, verse 22. This is the key here on what uh, and how Peter refers back to Moshe. For Moses said, Yehovah, your Elohim, will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. And this is where we get our understanding that that it's so important that we understand. If you are not in Messiah, you're not walking in salvation. You are not under the blood, the redeeming blood sacrifice of the Messiah. So you're not walking in forgiveness and sins. And when Yeshua died, that was a cut off to the marriage with uh, the southern kingdom, with Judah. They were cut off. They were no longer married. That's why the renewed covenant is not just for the house of Israel to be restored, but it's also for the house of Judah. It's for the house of Judah and the house of Israel to come together in a renewed covenant. It's a marriage covenant, folks. It's all about the marriage, the two becoming one. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many as have spoken, have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant Elohim made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, though your offspring All people on earth will be blessed. Hallelujah. All the people of the earth will be blessed through Abraham's offspring. When Elohim raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So Yeshua came first and said, I'm here. And this is who I am. And what did they do? They rejected him. Now, many of the people, the leaders rejected them. Many of the people believed. But if we go back to verse 17, it says, Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders. This is why we can preach the gospel boldly in the land of Israel. We can say, listen, look, I know you've acted in ignorance. You know, I'm not saying that you've intentionally went out with this viewpoint. Your leaders have been ignorant. They misunderstood. They walked in blindness. Why? Because you put laws around the laws and you set up your man-made system called religion and it stopped you from breaking through into the reality of God. So if you're walking in rabbinical Judaism, you need to repent and come out of that system and receive the Messiah. You don't have to give up being Jewish. You can be completed in him. But the reality is this. You are not God's chosen people. Until you receive Messiah. Now prophecy is being fulfilled. So you can't look at the Jewish people in the land of Israel. And say well I just don't care about you. Because you don't accept the Messiah. So why should I even bother with you? Well because the father expects us. To care from the broken hearted. He expects us to care for those who are lost. We we are expected to bring forth prophetic fulfillment and bring the love of Yeshua to uh, modern-day Israel. We don't support modern-day Zionism, but we bring forth uh, the love of Yeshua to modern-day Israel and we ask for his hand to be upon this people that they will come unto salvation, that we can speak forth the words of truth that salvation will come forth. Hallelujah! Uh, if we go to Luke chapter ten, when we talk about being sent out and the importance of going out with the gospel, Hallelujah! Uh, Luke chapter ten. Uh, what verse am I looking at here? Uh, I love the beginning of this portion. It's the commissioning of the of the seventy two disciples after. This Yehovah appointed 72 others and he sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Uh, he told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask Yahovah, the Lord of the Harvest, therefore to send out workers into His harvest field. Go! I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. I'm not equipping you like uh, the world would equip you. Now I'm giving you a message, and I'm sending you out to 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 who? To to people who are like wolves. To people who are going to come against the message. And you know what was the testimony that we saw? What was the victory that took place? You know, this whole passage is amazing. But for time's sake, you know, I'm looking at what time we're at. I want us to get to time where we can move into questions and answers and stuff. But it says here in verse 17, The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submitted to us in your name. There is power in the name of Yeshua. He is risen. Silver and gold we might not have, but what we have, we give unto you. What we have, are we being richly built up in the things of the Spirit? And then Yeshua replied to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Our names are in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. What's it all about? Is your name written in the book? Well, because of the finished work of Yeshua, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. But what does it say? all the power of the enemy it says that we have been given i have given you authority to trample on the snake the scorpion and to uh, and to overcome all the powers of the enemy and dealing with the coronavirus we have to understand that we have been commissioned with the authority so instead of thinking that we're ushering in the last 5 minutes of mankind before the coming of messiah That is not the day in which we're living right now. There's still so many prophecies to be fulfilled because it's not just about Judah coming home. It's the whole house of Israel. It's the land deal concerning Abraham. We have not seen the fullness from the Euphrates to the Nile. That has to come to pass before the Messiah returns. And some people are like, well, you know, it doesn't. It can happen in the Millennial Kingdom. No, I don't believe that because he will establish his people in the land He will give us our portion of our land based on the tribes of which we associate with. Ezekiel chapter 27. This stick represents, let's go there. (laughs) Let's get it. Make sure we say it correct. Ezekiel 37. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 37. Yep. Verse 11, it says, and he says says to me, Son of man, these bones are what? The house of Israel, not the house of Judah. It's the whole house of Israel. But what it says here, it says, you know, take the stick. Verse 16, Son of man, take a stick of wood and write on it, belonging to Judah. And it says this, and the Israelites associated with him. And then take another stick of wood and write on it, Ephraim's stick belonging to Joseph and all the house of Israel associated with him. So there is parts of the house of Israel that associate with both sticks. And the two become one in his hand. Hallelujah. So we're coming up to Independence Day uh, here in the land of Israel. But in the midst of it, you know, what are we celebrating? As an Israeli, yeah, we can celebrate Independence Day, but from a prophetic viewpoint, do we have the true message? Because lots of ministries concerning Israel will speak a message and say that the the nation of Israel we have today is prophetic fulfillment of a nation being born in a day. Well, that's not a prophecy. It says in the scripture, can a nation be born in a day? It doesn't say it's a prophecy. You know, I lived in and Eret in the, the Galilee, and it was established in 1908. Uh, You've got the first kibbutz up there; 1910 uh, were established. These were established by secular Jews, not by religious people who were seeking to walk in the prophetic fulfillment of the Scripture. That is not the agenda of Zionism, and you can study into that. That's a whole subject. On itself, but you know, you're talking about kibbutz that don't keep Torah, that don't honor the Sabbath, that don't keep the feasts, that don't follow even the foundations of revival in Torah. That's not why they're back in the land, they're back in the land because they're looking for a place of safe haven because of what is happening in the nations. Okay, so anyway, what do we see is we see that this nation, the two, will become one in his hand. So who is the house of Israel? Those who are in Messiah. So if you are Jewish right now and you receive Yeshua, you are uh, you 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 belong to the stick of Judah and the Israelites associated with Judah. But it's not the whole house of Israel. It's, it's like replacement theology being taught all over again. You know, if you see the word Israel, it represents the church. No, it doesn't represent the church. If you see the word Israel, it represents Israel. There's no such thing as the church. We are the ecclesia. We have to be uh, grafted in to the house of Israel for our salvation. That's where the covenant is. There is no covenant in your Bible for the Gentiles. And some people say, well, my blood, my covenant is the blood of Jesus. Well, let me tell you something. The blood... uh. Seals the covenant, just as they were sprinkled in the blood at Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 20. It is the sealing of the covenant. Hallelujah. So I just wanted to share those few things. Calling upon his name, we have authority to rise up and speak forth his name. And my encouragement today is that we will take authority over the principalities in our regions, over the coronavirus. We take authority over it in Yeshua's name, over those that are facing difficult times. We stand in the gap of a spirit of intercession and we press in on behalf of the brokenhearted. And we say, Father, set the captives free. Many are acting in ignorance, but they're still going to be judged from the place of ignorance if they don't receive Messiah. So we want to be those who speak forth his name and bring forth his truth that we will see many come to know the salvation of Yeshua. Why is that important? Because part of the covenant, of the renewed covenant that we have in Jeremiah chapter 31, it makes it clear, it actually says, no longer will a man teach his neighbor uh, or a man his brother saying, No Yehovah, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them, To the greatest declares the Lord. Now, if all the prophets had been fulfilled, then what are we doing evangelizing? We need to evangelize because there are people who have not heard the good news. We have people who are oppressed, beaten up, and damaged, and they need Yeshua. And we want to reach out to people in the place of brokenness to stand in the gap of the brokenhearted, to bring forth the life and the truth of Yeshua to this generation. And that's our heart. And I want to encourage you, if you're watching tonight, we're going to do some questions and answers now, but if you want to stand with us, and I thank you to every person who is standing with us at this time, every person who's making donations. I'm just sending the link out there to to our Give page that you can give to in the nations. Thank you so much. For this uh, crisis that we are responding to, uh, for for those who are victims of violence and abuse, as we put together uh, the preparations to get uh, the first people coming into our property, thank you for everyone who's responding. One of the key things we're really pressing into is that the father will 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 gather a people together who will give on a monthly basis, no matter how much the money is. All the monthly donations that come in enable us to put our teams in place so that we can cover the cost of our teams that's what we do with our monthly donations those that give one-time donations yes that's going into the fund uh, to make sure we can meet the needs of those in need but we also ask if you can if you're in a position where the father is blessing you give on a monthly basis we've had quite a few people that are signing up to monthly hallelujah that's great but we've got to keep this momentum going so that we can get uh, uh our bases covered and cover staff so we can support our staff and we can have mercianic believers that are trained in ministry work with our ministry and be supported and their families for the things that they do for ministering the gospel here in the land of Israel. Hallelujah. So I hope you've been encouraged with the message. Um, The reason I've shared on some of these things is just really to provoke some questions in this area. And that's good. So Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power and the authority that you have given us to be effective for your kingdom. We pray over every family that is watching for those who are not live who are watching later we just speak the blessings of yehovah over your family if you're in a place of uh, difficulty and you need prayer and you're suffering you've got family members that are suffering not just with the coronavirus but maybe you're dealing with cancers or dealing with other issues or or whatever the issues may be we just want to stand with you in prayer you can message us at kenny at bulldozerfaith.com If you want to simplify it, just go to Bulldozer Faith, go to the contact page and leave a message there and we will get your message. So, hallelujah. All right, so does anyone have any questions? Let's just open things up for questions right now. Um, I'll scroll back for those who are live right now and see if we have any questions. I've got one question or some questions coming through by email. Right, okay. Okay, I've got a question here by email. Uh, someone who's watching online has said, I'm mostly seeking to understand how to respond to false teachers. Uh, if there's a set um, a setting to not speak... If there's a setting to not speak, as Yeshua did... Um, replying to his accusers, but remain silent, or should we always correct a mocker? Okay. Look, there's there's a, there's a time and a place on how we deal um, with uh, false teachers or people who are trying to speak things into our life that we just feel are not right. There is a time and a place to deal with it. Um, I, I believe if someone is deal- is is speaking something out publicly that is not right, and you're part of that fellowship or you're part of that group, and they are in that group publicly speaking about this, then I would suggest go to them and say, you know, I've got a problem with what you're saying because it's not lining up with the Word, and and deal with it. Um, there is a time where we should call out false teachers we should call them out but are we dealing with them in private now I'm, the father uses me a lot within the prophetic movement and through the years the father has taken me to the nations and i've ministered to so many uh, international leaders behind the scenes and i've dealt with a lot of false prophecy uh, deceptive spirits um you know And I haven't called out a lot of those things that's happened in the place of secret in public. I've prayerfully dealt with it in private. Uh, You know, I've even called up some of the networks and told them, you need to take this ministry. I'm not naming the ministry. Take them off air right now because you own the network and you are responsible because you are playing them out on your network and they're preaching heresy And this is what they're preaching. And this is what I have a problem with and what they're preaching. And it's your network. So I'm holding you accountable. You know, so I've done steps like that. Uh, Is there times where we should just say nothing? Uh, We shouldn't speak? Uh, Yes, there is times. There is times where we use the wisdom of Yahovah, especially when people are speaking uh, things, uh, trying to put uh, heavy shepherding things into your life. There's a time and a place to speak. Sometimes if you were to speak it out and to voice it, it might put you in a dangerous place of abuse. And the question is, are you spiritually equipped to deal with that spirit? Because what are we are dealing with? We're dealing with witchcraft, you know? Uh, so what we want to do is we want to take a step back and identify, is this the fight we are meant to fight at this moment? Um, so you've just got to have discernment on how you do that. Uh, should we always correct a mocker? Um, you know, if someone is mocking, if they're not believers in their mocking, I think you know we don't have to run around trying to prove ourselves to people. You know, it says don't sit in the seat of mockers or, or the council. Of the wicked. You know, don't spend your time around those people, but proclaim the word. And, you know, it's very apt that we shared on Acts chapter 3 there because what was happening is Peter and John were seeing the testimony, they were seeing the testimony amongst mockers of those who were against the Messiah who actually witnessed the transforming power of Yeshua. So how should we respond to the mockers? Ask the Father for signs and wonders and miracles to manifest, to bring transformation, that they may be saved, that they will come into salvation. Hallelujah. Uh, So let's have a look. Uh, When we've been filled with the Spirit, there's another question coming in. If we've been filled with the Spirit, when I've grieved the Spirit, I've had struggles being filled again. What does it mean to be grieved by the Spirit? What does that look like when we are filled with the Spirit? You know, again, there's there's an area where sometimes people, especially within the Hebraic walk, they've been told, and I've seen teachings out there, They come against things like the gift of tongues and uh, other gifts, words of knowledge and things. And they say, well, they are not for today. Uh, You know, you can't speak in tongues. Uh, That's that's, uh, of the devil. It's not of God. And, you know, I've been with people who've renounced the gift of tongues because they've been told to renounce the gift of tongues. And they've felt like it's a huge disconnect from what it truly means to walk in the Spirit. And, and I believe that sometimes in those places is, again, you've dealt with false leaders, false teachers, false advice speaking into your life. And the Father knows what you're going through. And even look at the, the love and concern that Peter has. He says, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders. I know you acted in ignorance because it says in the Scripture, you know, uh, that they have eyes but they cannot see and ears that they cannot hear. It was a fulfillment of Scripture. But here is the opportunity to repent, to turn around and come back to him. So in the areas of grieving or speaking against the Spirit, it says that the, the unforgivable sin is the grieving of the Spirit. What does it mean? It means to say that which is of the Spirit is not of the Spirit of God, and that is to grieve. But how do we walk into the fullness of that? where we are cut off, um, I believe it's a very difficult thing to do to get to that place. And, you know, I have I have met people and testimonies of people who have caused so much damage against the body of Messiah because of the grieving of the Spirit that they have called up and said, I, I, I know I can't come back to God because of what's happened. I am cut off. Um, you know, There was a testimony, I'll share a testimony without mentioning names and stuff. I was um, in South Africa, and uh, this person, a major international businessman, I won't say what line of business they were in or anything. I don't want to identify any areas or any people. But I get this call in my hotel in in Johannesburg. Um, This person says you've got a word from God for them, and he wants you to come and speak and i go to his home i get picked up by a chauffeur i'm taken to his home and it's a, it's palatial it's the height of luxury it's you know you know a swimming pool there's a whole party everyone's partying there's loud music going on everyone's drinking man half the people there were plastered you know drunk and this is meant to be believers you know and i get there and here's the the guy you know the big shot that's called me there multi-millionaire and uh, you know I get brought into this place and you know he says oh you know come on in I know God's given you a word and we go into this room and he brings all these key friends and I said listen you know maybe we should just talk without your friends oh no 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 you can say there's nothing that you can't say in front of my friends and uh, I'm like well you know maybe we should have this conversation privately Oh, no, 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 it's okay. I, I want everyone to stay here. And I bring this word of rebuke. How dare you? It comes with a strong word. You have been robbing the body of Messiah. This is what you've been doing. And I proclaim all the things that he has been doing and what he did. And um, I said, the Father has given you one last chance. To repent, You've been told to repent time and time again, and you keep going back in the same sins, and you keep going back in the same place, and you need to repent and turn around. This is your last chance. If you don't, this is what's going to happen to you. And I told him, you'll be taken to this jail, one of the worst jails in the area. You know, you will be sexually abused. You'll have all these different things happen to you. You'll be completely cut off. There will be no hope for you and no way for return because you refuse to repent of your sins. And I'm saying all this in front of his friends. He's like, oh, God. And I said, is this the word of the, of, of the Lord? Is, is what I'm saying correct? He's like, yeah, that's the word of the Lord. Um, because all the things I was saying were right. You know, the Father was giving me prophetic insight into key things which I'm not going to share on this broadcast. And uh, I said, okay, you know, I want to go home now. If you can organize a car to take me home. I left the party. It was not much of a party. And um, I get this phone call the next day. I'm repenting. I'm repenting. Uh, I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm repenting. What do I need to do? I said, look, don't call me. I'm not your counselor you know it's not my responsibility you're meant to be an international leader and so on and so forth you need to deal with this and uh, he went into fasting and prayer and he said I'm repenting. and I'm going to correct these things and I'm giving back where I've stolen and uh, you know and this was not just from the body of Christ it's, it, was, it was corporate theft as well it was dealing with corruption in the marketplace not just how he was dealing with the body of, of Messiah and uh he said he was repenting. Then it's a number of months later, probably ten months later, I'm in the UK. I get a phone call and uh it's this woman on the phone and she's weeping and she's crying and um she can hardly speak. I'm like, what's going on? And she's she's like, Everything you prophesied, my husband, he started off like he was going to repent, then he didn't repent. And he's in that prison right now. He's in that dangerous place. He's going through abuse. He's going through all those things that God said he would go through if he didn't repent and deal with the sin in his life and genuinely come back, you know, like Zacchaeus, and give back every place where he had robbed. And uh, she said, what do I do in this situation? You know, I'm in this empty apartment, and everything's been taken, and... The police have confiscated everything and, you know, because of corruption and everything. And this is where we're at. I said, listen, you know, you've just got to walk away. There's nothing you can do because we know what the word of Yehovah is. And she said, I know the word. I agree with the word, but it's hard. And, uh, you know, I prayed for her in the midst of all the things that she was going through with her husband and all the things that happened. And, you know, I believe that what happened to him is he was walking into the uh, and truly was grieving the spirit. He was saying that things were being done in his name and things that happened were not the spirit as well. And that whole thing of what was going on in his life and how he was using the Holy Spirit in ministry and in business was uh, an affront to the spirit. It was grieving the spirit. So I believe it's very difficult to get to that place that there's opportunity. It's like you 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 say the person that's asking this question, you know, you've struggled with being filled again. Well, obviously you've not truly grieved the spirit, or you wouldn't be able to walk in the fullness of the spirit again. Hallelujah. Uh, if you if you scorn these evil spirits, do you rebuke them publicly? There's a time and a place to rebuke them publicly. You have to ask the Father. Okay. Let's look at other questions. Um, just a, a, this is a Charlie asking a question on Facebook. A question: does sexual marital relationships affect your spiritual growth um, or the spirit? How does sexual marital relationships affect your spiritual growth? Or the spirit. Yeah, I think it's very important. I think, you know, we want to be pure before Yahovah and walk in the purity of Yahovah. If we are becoming one flesh with others, we are bringing uh, those demonic principalities into our life and we don't want those things within our life. We want to walk in purity. Um, And, you know, if you're unequally yoked, it's going to affect your walk. You know, but, you know, I believe that there is a promise within the Scripture. If you if you come to faith in Messiah and your husband or your wife isn't saved, that you bring the redemption of uh, Yehovah into that marriage and keep pure and keep right within that relationship. Yes, you can do that, and that brings forth a protection. But I think the question is asked, does... Uh, uh, sexual relations affect your spiritual growth, um, um, if it's married or not, then absolutely what happens from a sexual basis does affect uh, how we walk within the spirit. I don't know if you want to clarify, Charlie, on a little bit on what you're trying to say in the midst of that, so I could be a little bit more specific with that. Okay, question. Uh, we'll come back to that if you've got anything more to add on that, Charlie. Um When we're given a word or a vision from the ruach, is that for the purpose of intercession? So even if we are not sure uh, what you what you are not meant to pray for, is this what you mean by pressing in? When you're pressing in, okay, right. So when you when you're given a word or a vision. Um, is it for the purpose of intercession? You know, I believe every time we receive a word, we should check the word against the scripture. We should press in so that we have the witness in the spirit of what we are uh, doing. We should have that witness of the Holy Spirit in that word. So it's not lack of faith to intercede. When we're interceding, we're standing in the gap for the word to come forth. So we believe the word. Uh, So we're testing the word if we're receiving a word, you know, we've got to test it. You know, I get many people who, who have had visions and, you know, it's very vague over what that vision means. And then they're trying to work or trying to walk in something. They don't understand the fullness of what they have seen. So press in till you get the understanding of it. So, you know, why do we intercede? We intercede to bring it into being that's what i mean by walking in intercession with the vision uh, or with the word that the father gives uh, us that we intercede that's why i'm fasting right now is to intercede father we want the right people to come as we open the home we don't want demonic spirits manifesting within our ministry center but we want to bring the broken in but we want that we want the right people to come in that will receive supernatural transformation, that they will have hearts that are ripe unto harvest, that they will receive the ministry of the Spirit as they come. Charlie has said on the sexual encounters uh, affecting the things of the Spirit, talking about uh, physically unclean, a a young person uh, walking in sexual acts, well, I believe we should keep ourselves pure for the one that we are going to marry. So it is important. Does it affect us in the spirit uh, if we are physically unclean? Yeah, it does. Yeah, we need to repent. We need to apply the blood of Yeshua, come under his blood. These are not unforgivable sins, but let's walk in the maturity of the spirit and in forgiveness of Yehovah so that we see the promises of Yehovah manifest within our lives. So, you know, the sins we do against the body... Uh, our body is is the temple of the Holy Spirit, so we want to honor uh, our bodies before Yehovah. So we don't want to uh, sin against the temple of who we are, okay? We want to keep ourselves pure before Yehovah. Um, that's the quote of scripture from uh Corinthians, is it first Corinthians? Um First uh, Corinthians chapter 3, it says in verse 16, Do you, not, uh, do you know that you yourself are Elohim's temple and that Elohim's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, he will destroy him, for Elohim's temple is sacred and you are that temple. Okay, so what we don't want to do is we don't want to put the wrong things within our body. We don't want to be unequally yoked as well with that regard. Hallelujah. Okay, any other questions? Um, We've got a prayer request there from Cassandra. Uh, Pray for strength and wisdom to walk in the Spirit consistently. Amen. Um, Yeah, we'll stand with you in the gap for that. And that's the whole point about daily devotions. Actually, setting... uh, up uh, um, basically a pattern within our life. You know, uh, you know, I've lost the word. It will come to me. Routines. We want to set up routines within our life so that we become consistent in the things of the Spirit. So we want to be devoid in the presence of Yahovah. We want to uh, set aside time that we're devoted in His presence. We're not watching teachings. We're not fellowshipping with others, but we're pressing in individually to receive from Yahovah. It's very important that we do that. And I believe that when when we set aside these routines within our life, we set up godly habits, and those habits start dealing with the bad habits. They start to drop off, and we start to get focused. Because, listen, in the flesh, if you just leave the flesh, and, you know, your life in the spirit is just, ah, whatever. You know, we don't set up routines. We're not disciplined. Uh, to be disciplined means to uh, assign how we operate uh, to to clean up our lives and be disciplined in the Spirit. You know, uh, doing that will get us to a place where uh, we will walk in the Spirit. Uh, consistently. We're not going to have all these ups and downs. You're not going to get something coming and hitting you and pushing you into the ditch. Why? Because we're building that place where we set our days right before the Father. We set the foundations of our days so we see the victory of Messiah being established within our lives. We create those godly habits so when the enemy comes, it's not going to break how we walk in the Spirit. Hallelujah. It's not how it's not going to break us. Hallelujah. Amen. So Father, we just stand in the gap for Cassandra and we ask for the strength for her to walk in the spirit and over all of us that we will establish consistency of what it truly means to live life in the spirit and to hear from you and to walk in your ways in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Right, let's have a look. Right, Uh, Charlie's got another question. Praying to God the Father versus praying to Yeshua. How do we deal with that? Well, look, I, I believe we pray in Yeshua's name, you know, but we can also pray directly to the Father, you know. But we don't, you know, look, there's some people out there teach that Yeshua and the Father are the same. I don't believe that, you know. I'm not preaching Catholic Trinitarian belief systems, but what I am saying is the Father and Son are unique. Uh, the two, they are one, but they're unique. I don't believe that Yeshua is the Father, because when He died, where was the Father? Uh, when He went and prayed, who was He praying to? Oh, I'm just setting an example, praying to myself. No, He prayed to the Father. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. So there is a difference, but uh, what it says um Where is the verse? Uh, John chapter 16. About bearing much fruit, ask uh, in my name. It says in verse 23, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you Because you love me and have believed that I came from Elohim. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. So, what what was it saying within this portion of scripture? We're asking in the Father's name, we're we're asking in Yeshua's name directly to the Father. And Yeshua is saying, you know, this word won't have to get filtered through me. You will ask directly because you're in fellowship walking with the Father. Now, I think it's very important to pray in the name of Yeshua, very important, because when we're dealing with the principalities, we are setting ourselves up that we are found in him. We are praying in his name, praying with the authority that the words we speak are not our own, but they're his words speaking through us, and that's the difference. So, yes, I think it's important not not just as, you know, we don't just pray, uh, you know, you know, we we cast the Spirit out in the name of the Father. No, we cast the Spirit in the name of Yeshua of Nazareth. We proclaim His name and we see the answer directly from the Father as we speak in His name. So we can ask the Father directly through the Son. There's only one way to the Father and that's through the Son. So we need to have that order in place. So, you know, I believe there's a, there's, there's false teaching out there that says Yeshua and the Father... They are one, that Uteh Fafi, they're just the one. No, they're not. They're different because Yeshua sits at the right hand of the Father. So if the Father were one, why would we have that scripture that says that he is at my right hand? No. Um I think there's so many testimonies we see through the gospels, through the life of Yeshua, and also in Revelation that we see that uh, you know, there is a difference. So we want to get that order in light. Who is the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit? The Spirit of Truth. We are made up of body, soul, and spirit, three parts made into one. So, you know, we're not running with the Catholic doctrine of how they see the Trinity, but we recognize we don't worship the Spirit, okay? The Spirit gives glory to the Father and the Son, okay? But we, the Holy Spirit is our counselor and teacher. We have the mind of Messiah. That's what it says. So what does the Holy Spirit do? It opens us up to the mind of Messiah. So when you are praying in the Spirit, what are you doing? You're praying the perfect will of Yehovah. So that's pretty powerful. Uh, Yeshua sits at the right hand of Elohim. Yep, that's right. Uh, so praying to God the Father. Verses praying to Yeshua. I hope that's answered the, the question. And Yeshua said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father who sent me. That's right. Hallelujah. Um, any other questions or prayer requests? Um, then let's just uh, just type it right now if you've got any other questions. I'll just check on anything coming in on email here. Alright, so if there is any other questions, we will bring them up the next time we meet tomorrow. Um, It is good having a little bit of time at the end where we can answer questions and go through things. Um, Hallelujah. Well, I hope you're blessed and encouraged with us sharing today around the Word. And, you know, what's our focus today? Our focus is to call on His name, calling upon the name of Yahovah. We want to proclaim His name. Let the name of Yahovah be glorified on all the earth. We just want to speak forth the power and the authority of Yeshua, the Messiah, to bring transformation within our lives, within our communities. And we stand in the gap right now for the brokenhearted here in the land. And just post your requests as well, if you have any prayer requests that we can stand uh, with you in that as well. But we just want to get in that place where, we, we come together as a community. I think it's very important that we give and make an impact in the land of Israel. Why do I say that? Why is this important? Why shouldn't we just be given to what's going on in New York or, or given to what's going on in Texas or in Europe, the Netherlands, or... Germany or London or Scotland or whatever, why is it important we give to Israel or give into the work of Yehovah? I don't think we should be given into work that's not bringing the gospel and the fragrance and knowledge of Messiah in Israel. We should be given in Israel because the outpouring of the Spirit that's going to happen in Israel is vitally important for the deliverance of the nations. So we have the inheritance of the land. If you're grafted into the commonwealth of Israel, this is your inheritance. So we can plant seeds in this land and produce a harvest because it's our inheritance. So as we minister in the land of Israel, we're actually ministering in a part of our inheritance of what the Father is saying and doing within our lives. Hallelujah. I've just got a message here. We're going to pray for Heather Phillips. She's not feeling well um, and has been mixing with people. So, Father, we just want to lift up Heather Phillips right now. We ask you, Father, to bring supernatural healing to her right now and that she will uh, be protected. We come against this coronavirus as well. And we just speak to Heather in London just to be healed right now in Yeshua's name. We release the healing power of Yeshua over you right now. Hallelujah. So what I'm saying about uh, giving to Israel is part of our inheritance. It's part of what we are called to do. And I believe prophecy is being fulfilled. So we should be ministering to the Jewish people in the land. I believe a mighty outpouring is going to happen. Just as we saw in Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John are speaking, what's taking place A clear message of the gospel is being delivered to the people. You are the one who did what? You are the ones who um, uh, crucified the Messiah because of what you did. But you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But we want to bring your truth, the truth to you from the Scriptures. And here's the truth. Repent for the kingdom of Yahovah is at hand. Repent, because Yeshua, the Messiah of Nazareth, is alive. And we want to see the demonstration power of his spirit manifesting in the land because it's time for the glory of Yahovah to be revealed. So that's why we give. That's why we sow into the land. We don't get upset because people in the land don't understand the difference between modern-day Zionism and biblical Zionism. I'm a biblical Zionist. I am passionate for the will of God and the word of God to be fulfilled in this generation. That's my stand. So I encourage you to stand with us. If you have been giving, as we've got this emergency fund going on right now as we're setting things up to bring in those who are in abusive and violent situations for a house of refuge and protection, go to bulldozerfaith.com forward slash give. You know, I'm calling on people, give monthly. But if you can give one-time seeds uh, and special uh, offerings at this time, that is also much appreciated as we are aggressively building that fund uh, so that we can get started as quickly as possible and reach the brokenhearted. Anyway, I want to thank you for being with me tonight. And uh, uh, we just stand in the gap for all those who are asking for prayer. Uh, We've got Adolf who's asking for prayer. For Father, uh, heal my unbalanced, uh, praying to the Father to heal my unbalanced and dizziness. Uh, We just want to speak healing over you right now. We say to unbalanced and dizziness, go in Yeshua's name. We speak supernatural order within your mind, within your head, within your brain. And we just ask for your body to come in line right now in Yeshua's name. Be supernaturally healed. By his stripes you are healed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So thanks for uh, standing with us. Thanks for all those who are supporting uh, the work that we do. And if you are supporting other ministries in the land, hallelujah, that's a blessing too. Uh, We uh, are blessed and encouraged with what the Father is doing here in the land of Israel. And we're asking the Father to accelerate it. At this time. So, look forward to catching up with you tomorrow. Hope you've been blessed and encouraged with the message that we have shared today and that you feel edified and uh, encouraged in your walk in Yeshua. Until tomorrow.